Well, welcome back for part two of the domestic violence story and escape. Let's see here. Where did we leave off? So he's kicking me out of the apartment that has my name on everything at two o'clock in the morning. And I need somewhere to go and somewhere somehow to get all of mine and my daughter's belongings. So I called my mom, told her what was going on, and that I needed help. Now my mother is a beast. And not like size-wise, like you don't want to fuck with my ma. And that's where my sister and I got it. In case you were wondering. <laughs> but anyway. Now, no, she did not assault him or anyone else. But she was Johnny on the spot and knew exactly what to do. She had me grab all of my receipts for things that I had bought. The titles for the vehicles. She contacted several different people. And they were there lickety split. And we went to go pick up everything that belonged to me. And that my name was on. So another trigger warning. Here comes some more physical and mental abuse. So we ended up getting several vehicles and people together to come and load everything up in the fast, fastest amount of time possible. And yes, most of the items were literally outside in the front lawn of the apartment complex. There were a few things that he did not want to give back or for me to have, like the TV that I had purchased or the truck that I was paying for and all of our daughter's special formula that she needed. So I did have to make contact with him and tell him that I needed those things and that I was taking those items as well. And he pretty much told me to fuck off and laughed at me and said he wasn't giving me shit and that I could get fucked. I ended up having to call the cops, which they showed up, but because he had his mother at the apartment and she said that he wasn't there, they could not enter to see if he was there. So they had to leave. But shortly after they left, he came out to where my mother, my brother, and I were because he felt that he had won and came out there to gloat and brag about how he wasn't giving me this shit and I was never going to get these items. My mother stepped in and told him he was going to lose 
and he lost it and pulled a knife out and threatened to kill her and me. Now, I did say my mother was a beast, and at this moment, I saw it firsthand. She very calmly stood there with confidence and laughed in his face. My eyeballs popped out at her response. Like, are you fucking kidding me, mom? He's holding a knife. What are you thinking? That's what's running through, through my brain. As I'm dialing 911 at the same time. And as soon as he heard that the sirens were coming, he threw the truck keys into the woods and said, good luck finding them. So my brother ran into the woods to find the keys for the truck while we waited for the cops to arrive. The cops took our statements while a second set of cops went to get his statement. Then all of a sudden, two more police vehicles showed up. And apparently when they tried to talk to him, he started to assault an officer and then resist arrest. He eventually was arrested and detained. And I filed charges against him the next day for domestic abuse. And I also filed for a restraining order against him. Sorry for all the word fumbling. Even though it's been a long time and I am, for the most part, recovered, thinking back on this is really bringing up some bad memories and feelings, and I'm starting to feel a little uncomfortable. So I apologize and bear with me. Now, this is not the end. This is actually the hardest part of all of this. I was still filled with lots of self-doubt about myself and was very scared he would seriously hurt me and or our daughter to hurt me. Now, I had to tell a court official about all the abuse to file the paperwork for the restraining order. Then I had to speak with a court-appointed counselor about what had happened over the last seven years. Then I had to tell a judge in court with a room full of strangers everything that had happened over the last seven years and why I needed a restraining order. I was so nervous each and every time that I had to tell someone else my story. 
But I was even more nervous when we went to court and I had to tell it to the judge because he would be there in court with me. And I didn't know if I could really handle it. I was so worked up that I had the shits all day the day before and the day of court. I was popping tums like Tic Tacs. I was fortunate to have a full support system right beside me through this whole transition away from him. Several people did come with me to that court date for support while we waited to tell the judge and possibly get a restraining order. I was awarded a restraining order for five years and in that restraining order, it was stated no contact whatsoever and to not be within 300 yards of me. But we still had a child together and had to work out custody. So the next step was going to court for that and setting up visitation times for him to see her where we had to meet at a police station to exchange her so that we did not have contact. For the next three months, every Saturday, I had to go to the cop shop for this exchange and sit there for hours because he would not show up. Just so that I would have to waste several hours of my Saturday every week. Just one more way to try to control me. Yet this did work out in my favor because I had documentation right from the police station that I was there every Saturday on time, was there for so many hours waiting, and he never showed. Because of this, I was granted full custody of our daughter. But we still had to work out visitation. They didn't just strip his rights and say, no, he couldn't have any contact with her. So we had to go through a whole visitation schedule again to determine his visitation, even though I had sole custody. Now, I, I know that sounds really ass backwards. Because you are probably asking why. He clearly doesn't want her and is using her as a pawn to control you. And I will tell you, I did realize that immediately. But the court system has to give people several chances to redeem themselves before... They are just cut off. So we did the same thing, met every Saturday at the cop shop. Three months go by, 
I'm at the last one that I need to be at before we go back to court and I turn in all of this paperwork that he never showed. That way he does not get any visitation and I still have sole custody. Well, he decided to show up for the very last appointment on that Saturday. But as soon as he left, he called me and yelled at me for not sending any food, diapers, wipes, toys, etc. Like, just sending her. Which I wasn't supposed to send anything. It was in the court order that he is supposed to have his own items for her for when she's there. So that was a violation of the restraining order by him calling me. So I immediately went back to the police station to inform them, showed them the phone records. But since I didn't record the call, it only shows that he called and I had one of those crappy old phones that flip phones, you know early 2000s here didn't show you how many minutes you're on the phone and all that mumbo jumbo but when he arrived back at the cop shop to drop her off he was questioned about it and while they were questioning him I was checking her over to make sure that she was okay that he didn't do anything to her. And while I was doing that, I found a letter in her jacket from him to me, threatening me, apologizing, threatening some more, and apologizing some more. So I turned it over to the cops. He was arrested for violating his restraining order. So we had to go back to court for that, and we had to go to court to finalize the removal of his visitation, since he was not actually showing up for any of the visitations, and the court system did agree that he was using her as a pawn instead of actually trying to spend time with her during those visitations. So now you're saying, yes, you got away. It's over. Nope, still not over. For another two years, I lived in fear everywhere I went. I was constantly afraid he would follow me or find me at public places and hurt me. I couldn't even leave my job without someone walking me to my car so that he would not jump me in the parking lot. My fear was so deep that I would see him places, but then he would disappear. So whether or not he was actually there, or if it was all just in my head, I guess I'll never know. So my P, but my PTSD from everything that had happened was still affecting my life. He still had control. He had me filled 
with so much fear that I had a very hard time socializing or leaving my parents' house for anything but work. I would cry myself to sleep, wrote in a journal to release my thoughts, and became very withdrawn. I also missed him during this time. But my sister was not standing for this, so she encouraged me to go up north with her and meet this really awesome guy. She wanted to set me up on a date, which I had refused several times. But she kept insisting that I come have some fun and meet him. And after much encouragement, I reluctantly agreed. And the man that she set me up with is now my husband. I started to feel good again, but still had serious reservations. And a very tall, thick wall built up that did not allow people in. I had to seek out care to repair my mental health so that I could let people in again and move forward in life again. So I ended up reaching out to a counselor to help me sort out my feelings, thoughts, fears, and learn how to still live. Now, my husband had a very quick, short explanation from my sister that I had left a toxic relationship and did not trust people. I still don't trust people, and that feeling will probably never go away. And I do not mean I do not trust my husband, as we have a great relationship, but it took me a very long time to really create a door in that wall and let him all the way in. Now I say a door in that wall because I do have that wall up for other people, but there's a door on that wall now and some people have gotten through that door and others will stay behind that wall. We'll be right back after a brief message about our sponsor. Have you heard about Anchor? It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It is completely free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so that it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many more. You can also make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It is everything you need right at your fingertips and all in one place. All you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. It was seven years of us being together before I fully let him in and explained to him It was seven years of us being together before I fully let him in that door and explained everything to him. 
and let the past be in the past so that we could move forward together. I ended up moving 300 miles away from where I grew up to get away from my abuser and was still scared that he would find me. So scared that when my husband and I did first move in together, I did not put anything in my name. Not a cell phone, not the electric bill, nothing other than my vehicle payment. Everything else, my husband put his name on everything so that I couldn't be tracked down or found. And that fear was also thrown into overdrive when my restraining order was coming to an end. Which he did make contact after the restraining order was up. But since I was a different person and I was able to shut it down immediately, he did still try to control me even though he had no contact in over three years. He called and said he wanted to sign his parental rights away as he was starting a new life with his fiance and they were expecting a child of their own. So I actually saw this as the final step of getting away. And after some discussion with my husband, we agreed that we would proceed with this and my husband would adopt her. So we began the whole process of filing all the paperwork and getting court dates set up. When the final court date came, he called our lawyer and backed out, forcing us to pay our lawyer $3,000 for all the work that he had still done, regardless of this outcome. Two years after that incident, he called again saying the same thing, and I informed him that if that is what he wanted to do, then he would need to file all the paperwork and take care of the whole process himself as we already went down this road and you purposely backed out a day before court to force us into a large lawyer bill. Of course, he never filed any paperwork or started the process. I have forgiven my abuser at... It was right around 10 years post-escape so that I could move on mentally. When my daughter was eight or nine, my husband and I sat down with her and explained that he is not her biological father and that I could not stay with her biological dad for our safety. When she was 12, he contacted us again and said he wanted to have a relationship with her and that he had gone through recovery and was a different person now. So after much discussion between my husband, myself, and her, she did decide that she wanted to get to know him, but she didn't want to just go meet him. She wanted to have, you know, like phone conversations or write letters back and forth, start out with these small baby steps and go forward from there.
So we proposed that to him, which he agreed. And then we had set up a calling schedule since I still didn't want to give out our address. And he would call my phone to have conversations with her, get to know each other, discussions. After several conversations with him, she had some reservations from things that he was saying and started asking me questions. Like she was questioning him, if that makes sense. And that's when things started blowing up again for him and us. We were out on a family outing with extended family. And I had to, he tried calling to talk to her at an unscheduled time. And I told him that she would have to call him back as we were busy. And this was not a scheduled time for him to talk to her. And when she called him back, he accused her of lying to him and being just like me. She was devastated, distraught, confused, upset, and ended up deciding that she didn't want to pursue this any further so she let him know that she did not want to continue this getting to know each other and was not interested in having a relationship with him. Which threw him into his last and final contact that we have had. He accused me of brainwashing her, withholding her from him, and still being the cunt that I have always been. I calmly informed him that he has had 12 years to try to create a relationship with her and could have taken me to court at any time to try to have a relationship, which he never did, and that he is responsible for his own actions. I am not. I then informed him to never contact me again and if he would like a relationship with her to take me to court and that if he did try contacting me again, I would file for another restraining order. I then changed my phone number and blocked him and any of his family members that tried to make contact via social media. And so far it's been five years and I haven't had any issues. Every once in a while I'll get a Facebook message for some weirdo that says something and I just immediately block them. But they haven't found my phone number so I'm good to go there. Now, the recovery process will be different for everybody. You do what you can when you can. Even after 17 years, 
I still have some fears and worries, but nothing like when I first left. And in those 17 years, I found a new woman within myself. I do not hide this from anyone anymore. This toxic relationship has helped me grow into the person I am today. And this may sound weird to some, but I honestly would not change anything. That makes me think of that movie, The Butterfly Effect. No matter what he does to change the past, all he really does is change the future and it never works out in his favor. I have learned that you cannot change someone. They need to want to change themselves. That you should only address behavior you think you can genuinely, genuinely change. Narcissists only care about themselves. They will make everything everyone else's fault and never accept blame for anything. Plus, their apologies are not sincere. They are so that they can turn the tables around and gain back control. Relationships are meant to be an equal partnership. Never give up. Once you have decided to fight the leaving battle, never put that sword back in its holster. Keep your army close by and remember you can recover from this. I use this as a learning experience and want to share that with others so they can escape, learn, and grow from it if they are in a toxic relationship themselves. Or if you know someone that's in a toxic relationship. You are a queen and deserve true love, health, happiness, and success. Do not settle for the lies you may have been fed making you think you are worthless. You are not worthless. You are loved. You are wanted. You are special. You are beautiful. You are smart. And damn it, girl, you are a fucking queen. Reach out to someone for help. Talk to a therapist or a counselor, a friend, a family member. Have a support system that you can fall back on. Learn self-defense. Be alert and know your surroundings. That's it. And here are some resources that you can reach out to. 
The domestic violence hotline is 1-800-799-7233. You can also go to www.thehotline.org or you can go to womenindistress.org. You can tell your doctor. You can tell a friend, a family member, your pastor, your coworker. or the police. Well, thank you all for coming back for part two, listening to everything. I greatly appreciate it. If you found this helpful, drop some stars, leave a review. If you know someone that's in a toxic relationship and needs help, Let them know that you are there for them. Until next time. Thank you all for joining us today. If you found this episode helpful, make sure to share it with a friend who you think would find value in it. Also, like, rate, and subscribe on your favorite streaming app of choice. New episodes drop every Friday. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Queen Bees Podcast for sneak peeks into next week's episode. We would also love to hear your experiences and learn from them. Email us at queenbeespodcast at gmail.com with topic suggestions and listener escapades. All the links will be in the show notes.